Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt. Matt, how are we, buddy? Feeling all right. I mean, obviously, not the game the Jets wanted with the Saints coming into town. Mike and I were at the game, had a heck of a time at the tailgate, having a great time with the boys and going into the stadium. Same old Jets type of just defense giving up 30 plus, even though they started out the game pretty you know, well after the first drive touchdown. Offense doesn't put up a touchdown and, and doesn't really get the ball moving a lot. Some bad, some good, more bad than good. Mike, where do you want to start? It was a weird game. It was like another one of those games where it seemed like nothing good ever happened. But yeah. the Jets did cut it to four points at the half, that last second field goal. Um, I thought Zach Wilson looked kind of off. The He didn't get much help. The two Ty Johnson drops in the first quarter set the tone and, like, I think really kind of hurt the Jets a lot. But not having Elijah Moore, not having Corey Davis, you know, not having Michael Carter, it's tough. Yeah, I was thinking about it. It's like every game I've been to, I've been to over 20 games. I, I can always think of one moment for better or for worse of this game that happened. Ten years from now, I don't think I'm going to remember a single thing that took place on Sunday. Brutal. I left at with three minutes to go in the game. I missed the Hill touchdown. I missed <laughs> the Jets ended up driving to the to get to the one-yard line, which I'm surprised looking back at the highlight. I thought Zach could have gotten in there, but I get it. Um, a lot of people on Twitter right now, it, it feels honestly like pure bedlam. It, it, it reminds me of back when the whole Darnold debate was happening and everyone was fighting 24-7. It just doesn't seem like anyone shares the same take or opinion right now about a handful of things regarding the head coach, regarding the GM, regarding the quarterback. The answer always falls somewhere in the middle. It's, it's like that with everything in life, in politics, in relationships. Everything usually isn't so extreme on one end or the other. You can agree that Zach Wilson needs to make the easy throws while also saying it's his eighth game. Everyone calm the fuck down. So uh, I don't know where to go right now. I think I want to later in the pod get into how we would fix this team. But from the game, Zach Wilson, not his best, not his best effort. No, I mean, even like you said, a lot of his yards came in garbage time with like a minute left. Um, I don't even remember leaving the stadium, to be honest. Did we leave together? We did. We did. Mike yeah. was a little banged up, <laughs> a little banged up. It Your was. Fault. How is it my fault? <laughs> I was like, doing shots of fireball out of a spoon. Yeah, I looked at Mike um, probably 11.45, and I said, you got to – we got to hone in on those fireball shots because Mike, Mike can, you know, handle his own liquor, but I saw it just going down like water and I was like, this is going to be a tough game. And you know, the, there's a, a group of jet fans behind us that were, you know, probably early college, maybe late high school, just like great guys having a good time. Not a lot of saint fans in our area, but the, the stadium itself was empty, but yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike, we had a good time up there. Just not a memorable game. We talked about games in the past, like the, the Cleveland Monday night game in 2019. You sit down in your seat, you watch the game, and you leave without without having one like, joyful moment. It, it's horrific. It's horrific. My biggest takeaway from the game is the lack of urgency with three minutes and 40 seconds left. I think you were um, getting chicken tenders at, at that time, and you came back, and it was like a minute 
30 and you're like, oh, great. We're on their 30. And I'm like, it should be, this is the longest drive of all time. They ran four plays. They got the two minute warning. They had two timeouts. They left one on the table. It just didn't feel like a good drive. And there's no tempo, no, no urgency. I know you don't want to give the ball back to their offense, but the way their offense is going to get down the field. If you do give them a minute left is they have to throw and they, ha- they can't do that all year. So why are you going to be so cautious? And we held, we got three there, but I, I hated that from the coaching staff and the team, no tempo, yes. very slow. It just, not not great yes you should not have three minutes and 42 seconds left on the clock and then kick a field goal before the half because you ran out of time like mm-hmm. it was third and 14 when the jets kicked the field goal as time expired so yeah then to your point there were a couple one yard two yard runs in that drive the jets ran the ball four times in that drive um and to your point, I, I, I think Salah has been pretty good with his situational management this year. There hasn't been too many instances where I've been like, what the fuck is this guy doing? There's been a couple of odd timeout usages. Um, but overall, he's been all right. Like if, you know, maybe Salah should go for it. He kind of goes for it. Maybe the Jets should call a timeout near the end of the half and try to get the ball back. And he'll usually do that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, like you said, I mean, your team is strapped for offense. Zach Wilson clearly plays better in the hurry-up also. Like, on that drive, um, or maybe it was a drive before. No, it was on that drive. He had the nice pass to Ryan Griffin. He had the pass to uh, uh, before that, or right after that, to Crowder. He moved to his mm-hmm. left and threw it to, to Crowder. So there's more to be had when you're in those situations, and the Jets should try to take advantage of those situations. But like you said, just and then nothing really happened after that. Yeah, and I think the big play everyone's talking about on Twitter is the ball that Wilson bounced to Barrios. That's one I think is overrated. I think some things that get brought up too much are overrated. I think it slipped out of his hand. Yes, he needs to make the easy throws. Blame him for that. I don't think he had the yips and threw it into the ground. The bigger play, in my opinion, was the Ryan Griffin miss where he rolled out to the right. If he took another half second, he's wide open still. Make the more the better throw. He kind of rushed it and put it at his feet, which was would have been a huge first down. Um, but yeah, Wilson didn't have his best, no turnovers for the first time in his career. So you like to see that. I think he only had one or two balls that were potentially turnover worthy, but another game of no touchdowns. You, you, you don't see that in modern football, uh, but these rookies have been doing it. It's crazy to see because how many times it is the fifth game. He hasn't scored a throw a passing touchdown. You, you see Trevor Lawrence has gone six games. with only one passing touchdown fields done it a lot. So Maybe it's a rookie quarterback bug going around, but uh, the Jets didn't really have any run game. P. Ryan had one or two nice runs. No receiver popped other than Barrios, who always plays hard. Mims had a very, very bad game with two penalties, got benched. Uh, offensively, nothing really to hang your hat on. I didn't see the pressures from the O-line, but in real time, it looked like the O-line held up pretty well. Maybe two or three plays got away from them. I know Moses got kind of burned on one, but O-line played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, the team played okay. Like, the defense wasn't so horrible either. Even though, you know, they let up 44 carries, like 200 yards. The last Taysom Hill run made it look worse. And they probably should have only let up 23 points instead of 30. But, you know, the Jets had two chances to tie or take the lead. Coming out of the break, it was 10-6. The defense gets a three and out. The Jets' offense can't do anything. And then the defense holds the Saints to a field goal. 13 to six, and then the offense can't do anything again. So, 
you know, the offense had their chances. This one's more on the O, I think, than the D. But how many times do we have to watch the team, you know, the other team run 30, 40 times, just dominate the Jets all day? Yeah. And, oh. and we know. We know the injuries are there. We know that. Yeah. We're not expecting them to, you know, I tweeted out hilariously before the game. People not happy. I said the Jets were going to win by double digits. And the reason I said that is it just looked like a game that, we were going to get murdered and they're going to run the ball down our throats, run it for 30 times. And I said, wait, in the event that the defense can't have another game where they give up 30, maybe they play out of their skulls and play hard. And this is a weird game that we look back and say, how the, how the hell do we win it? Yeah, but we're not, look, we know the injuries are there. I, I know the big, my, my tweet uh, did not get a lot of love when I just basically tweeted out the Samini clip asking the coach, Hey, first half of the year, you're not going to see these rookies immediately play like pro bowlers. But in the second half of the year, you expect, to see progress regardless of wins or losses. I don't really care about that part. You just want to see progress. And yes, Elijah Moore is playing a lot better and Michael Carter and ABT has been good, but as a whole together, they cannot collectively put a game together. Offense, defense, special teams, they can never do it. And that is a problem. I don't care if it's the 13th or 14th game of his tenure at a point, when are we going to get a complete game? Cause the only time you had one complete half against the Titans and then technically a complete game, the defense, was okay, but they were good enough with your backup quarterback, your third string quarterback. So Jesus Christ, man, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Very frustrating. Yeah. It's getting to be a lot. It's been, this is at this point has to be the worst stretch, I guess, in our team history, which is, and the Jets have had a lot of troublesome times. Um, yeah. How many times can we sit here and we're, you know, Couple guys looked all right. The rest of the team sucked. Yeah, like we need Zach Wilson to play an okay game against the Dolphins next week. Have yeah. to string together some, throw a couple touchdowns, get the run game going. Hopefully, I mean it just sucks too because now you know Corey Davis and Elijah Moore are out next week. Hopefully, Michael Carter comes back. Yeah, he's on track to play. And you're right because I feel so much better going to Sunday with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, knowing that. We do have our one and two guys that can give our quarterback a better chance to have touchdowns, sustain drives, get first downs. But it just the the good thing is the Dolphins and hopefully everyone's healthy and stays okay. But from a game standpoint, they're getting hit by COVID bad, and it sucks. Hope they're healthy, but the the they lose three to four defensive players, they lose their entire running back room. There's no reason why the Jets should go down there and give up thirty points and lose by double digits. It can't be a thirty four. 13 game we get one touchdown late it, it can't happen it can't keep happening and i don't care it the roster itself i think is better than 2020 the the skill position players we saw on the field yesterday were better basically every game of 2020 so you yes. have those skill players you have a better o-line your defense although there's injuries how much difference defense from last year Right, year two of Bryce Hall, everyone loves. Right, we love him. Mosley's back this year. Like you look down the line, our D line's healthy. Uh, like I don't understand why everyone's like, oh, injuries are the reason. Yeah, injuries suck, and I want to watch Moore and May. I want to watch Carl Lawson. I want to watch back then. I want to watch all of our guys. But what's different from our team this year than last year on the team that played yesterday? They got murdered. No, I don't know. That's why I'm confused about. It. The run defense, because Mosley's playing, like you said, Gerard Davis is playing, Quincy Williams is playing, and the whole defensive line is playing. That's your front seven. It w- was Bryce Huff going to make, you know, like a yard and a half per carry difference on defense? I don't know. So 
it's is Marcus May going to come back and the Jets will suddenly have the best run defense? No, it's like horrible. And then you see guys like like Foley rates out with an eighty on PFF and is the highest graded player for the week. But what? So what is everyone else doing? Yeah, he's had a Foley has had a few games though where it's odd. You'll see PFF he'll be like a thirty two grade, and those are some games that you'll see him really like the the running offense of the opposing team goes crazy. But I want to know how. We, we we sound somber, but we we're more of the optimistic fans out there. Everything yeah. usually tends to be in the middle, and and I want to ask you, how do you fix it? So we move. Uh, we can think because there's only four games left, and everyone's like, "Oh, we can't talk about draft picks this early." No, there's four games left of the year, and two of them are against the best two two teams that are going to be in the divisional games with the Bucks and the Bills. And you have two shady teams, one shady team, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, who have been playing really well lately, hit by COVID. So you have four games left. You can talk about the future. How do you fix it, Mike? What tell me what you would do? Well, the Jets need some kind of advantage, a distinct advantage. And the way I would do it is I would draft with the top four picks, I would take three defensive guys, and I would take one more offensive lineman. If you take Linderbaum, if you take Evan Neal, then you solidify your offensive line. Now you have three first round picks in the last three years, and you could fiddle with the other positions. You could keep George Fant. If you take Linderbaum, you could upgrade the right guard. You could keep LDT and not waste any more resources there. Now, people forget the Jets have a lot of money now. I think the Jets have maybe, if not the most, the top three or five most money in free. Yeah, I think, they're, I think they're in fourth the last time I saw. Yeah, I want to make a splash. I want either a great corner because it's very hard to solve corner. Maybe the Jets take Stingley with one of the other picks. They don't take the offensive lineman. Or I want Devontae Adams. I want specifically Devontae Adams on this team. Would be absolutely perfect. Pair him with the young quarterback. You'd have Adams and Moore playing most of the time. And then you have Corey Davis can be the third guy. It's a lot of money to put into your receiver group. But look, the Jets have a lot of money now because Zach Wilson's on a rookie deal. They have all these first-round picks from the last couple of years and coming up. All those guys are on rookie deals. This is the time where you supplement all that talent with another sick couple of sick guys in free agency or in trades. I know it's not Joe Douglas's MO, but fuck that. Be a little bit flexible. Bring in an absolute monster and change the tenor of our offense. And then, of course, you need another tight end. You need to fix all these other positions. But my main things, I'm drafting an offensive lineman with one of the early picks, and I want to sign a guy like Devontae Adams and try to put our offense over the top. Yeah, I don't. Devonte Adams, I think it's different if he was a part of the, the Packers Super Bowl winning team. Like, is he going to be in his eighth year come to a team that is in the middle of a rebuild? Like, I, I if he get, if we get the most money, that's what he cares about. Then he'll come. Right. But I agree with you. You have to call their agent. You have to talk to him. Well, it depends um, on what happens with Rodgers too. Like, if the Rodgers stays and continues to play, the Packers are going to like do everything they can to appease him because he's an asshole. And you know, if Devonte Adams leaves, there's going to be a nightmare. But if Rodgers goes somewhere else, I could see Devontae Adams taking the most money and coming to the Jets. Yeah, and you'll you'll definitely see Douglas overpay this offseason, right? Because he was very, very cautious in 20, the 2020 offseason. He was pretty cautious this past offseason. Obviously, he gave out some some bigger contracts than usual with you know Davis, with Lawson. But I'm telling you, he has to feel the heat. He has to fear, feel some fire. He's going to have to make a big swing at someone. You know, you look at what the 
the Cardinals did to get DeAndre Hopkins. Is there a Hopkins out there to trade one of your twos for? Probably not. Bill Bryan's not controlling a roster and will just give up a good player and all pro like that. Yeah. But I agree. You have to make a big move in free agency. I think we, we all know that Corey Davis technically isn't a number one. He has not played like a number one. He's played good. He's played all right. He's had some bad games, had good games. More hopefully can continue to be that. But after that, I like Barris as a depth piece. I don't trust Jeff or Vincent Smith. You had DJ Montgomery playing the other day. Mims has been so underwhelming. So it's like, all right, if you want to get Keelan Cole also. Keelan Cole, yes, you're right. Is is that a one-year deal or a two-year deal? I thought it was a two-year deal. Well, you looked that up. I, I do yeah. think the Jets have the ability to make a big move in the draft with four top 42 picks. I think Seattle's pick is going to end up being, like I said, 12th, 13th pick. I, I'm not confident of that being a top 10 pick. Bill Cole's a one-year deal, so he's a free agent. Yeah, a lot of people think um, Kyle Hamilton would be the move. The Kyle Hamilton thing, as I said twice already in the pod, it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think the Jets have to go best player available, and I don't think they have to take Kyle Hamilton. I think it's idiotic to say that Kyle Hamilton is not draftable because he's not a premier position. The Jets need so much help, and if you get one guy on defense who everyone's quote-unquote Ed Reed, Ed Reed counts as two and a half players when he plays on the defense side. So yeah, if if Kyle Hamilton's that good and that touted, that's fine. My only take is I don't know if Joe Douglas trades a prima donna safety to then take a safety in the top 10. Should that matter? No, I'm just saying from a practical standpoint of Joe Douglas. So um, yeah. There's obviously guys, edge guys. Um, I don't think Hutchinson or, or Thibodeau fall. I think most people agree with that. The Jets could get the second or third pick. I think there's an outside chance. Um, they definitely can get the third pick with Houston and Jacksonville playing this upcoming week. Um, so I, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't know I, I, how I would fix it. I would spend, spend not reckless money, but solid money in free agency. Use your not only your top four picks, but every mid-round pick. These guys have to be depth players. They can't be people that never see the field. It sucks that a lot of mid-round picks this year, like Jamie Sherwood, out for the year. Nazardine was hurt most of the year. Um, Eccles had a you know concussion. He's been out. Moore has now been out. Carter has now been out. Right. Wilson has been out. So you go down the list of guys. The only person who stayed healthy is Elijah Vera Tucker. And thank fucking God, knock on wood, that he can finish out four strong. And he was the only one that had ailments in the offseason. Elijah Vera Tucker, remember the peck and that whole thing? So I think I'm very excited for the the offseason to come. I I really am. The offseason NFL is not as long as people think. Obviously, the Super Bowl is in February, and you don't play a week until September. But get through February, the shortest month, and get to mid-March, free agency. Beautiful. Then we got the draft the next month. Draft the next month. And then I'll put three notice training camp. Yeah, OTAs. Look... The offseason is fun, but the one thing people have to realize is that when we, again, we say we want Joe Douglas to spend money, et cetera, and then people will say, you know, he does the build through the draft, have some patience, of course. But the blueprint of almost all these successful teams who win with a quarterback on their rookie deal are to spend money in the second, third, and fourth year because you have the money. You're not paying Zach Wilson $30 million a year. You're paying him what eight million dollars so go use that other money and get some killers and let's win the division and let's win a super bowl it's just crazy it feels like the jets are so far away but it doesn't have to be like that yeah i i do feel and we'll bring more positivity as we get closer to the end of the year and things start going well but it's frustrating uh, a lot of people on Twitter have very strong takes and are 
opposing. We also, I feel like we are never in the mud. Um, and we still aren't. You just see people on Twitter. It's like Zach Wilson's a bust. You have to like move off him. And then you see <laughs> people early. on Twitter that are like, he had a really strong performance on Sunday. Like there has to be somewhere in the middle. And yeah, like um, people, people just don't know. And like, you know, you could always, uh, you could always look at like Josh Allen's stats from his rookie year and was he, he had 10 touchdowns, 12 picks, and had 52% completion percentage. He had very similar numbers to Zach Wilson. You just don't know. And then imagine someone said two years, three years ago, Josh Allen would be this good. You say, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you told me Josh Allen was going to throw 37 touchdowns and 4,500 yards, his rookie year, I would say he's a piece of trash. I hope he is the Bill story for the next 15 years. And he turned out to be great. So you just don't really know. We know Zach has the arm strength, the talent. Um, but man, and, and the Jets tried, like the Jets tried in the offseason. They, they did some things that we liked. And if everyone's playing, the, the Jets have some talent, but they need another offseason, like we were saying, just have to just stack up this team. And uh, I feel like we haven't talked about the defense enough, like what the Jets are going to do. Yeah, you get Lawson coming back, maybe draft edge. You hope Bryce Huff could be an electric piece off the bench. Do they bring back Foley? Quinn will be here. Sheldon Rankins is here under another deal. The, the D-line's there with JFM, obviously, too. So I hope the D-line's like as good as we think it is because I just don't understand why teams keep running the ball for 200 yards against us with those four guys. And the Jets seem to rotate the players too much. Yeah, I also am very confused with the Bryce Hall stuff because, again, another game where he gets like one catch for six yards and he's not graded out highly. Like I don't understand. Like, I, think he's, I, I feel like I've only seen Bryce Hall give up like 15 catches the entire year so yeah he had the bad stretch uh started in the falcons game and he played poorly in the patriots game played poorly in the colts game but the jets defense just got gashed in those games and other than that i think he's been great and he has 10 passes defensed which i think is like top 10 in the league um i i'm a big bryce hall guy but you know he could be our number like a 1a a 2 next year so you still have to find a starting corner like a legitimate starting corner, which we didn't do last year. And then the corners played well the first couple of weeks and everyone just forgot about it, which is unacceptable. You can't go into a season with no cornerbacks. And then the Jets have to replace both safeties. I don't even think May is going to come back. I think the May conversation is going to work itself out. I do think that the Jets will retain Marcus May. I don't I think be happy. I'll be very happy. I think I think they might do a little overpay from home cooking. I don't think it's going to exceed anywhere close to like 13 million, 14 million. I think it's going to be in the like the if I were to guess like 8 to 12 range. And that's a big range. I'm not sure. I remember the the Twitter accounts during the offseason they're like, "Oh, X player is set to get anywhere between 4 and 12 millions. Like that's the <laughs> biggest fucking range ever." Yeah. They just have to be right. No, like I would love May to be back, and you don't want to see guys leave the building that are good leaders, et cetera, et cetera. Bring him in. I mean, then you still have to address the other safety. I don't think Ashton Davis is going to be the starter. They tried to, they tried with Lamarcus Joyner, didn't work. And then linebacker, and that, that's the this is the thing that fascinates me about the defense. It seems like there's a lot of guys in place that would be the starter next year, but the defense sucks. So what is it, right? Like Lawson's going to come back, which is enormous. Massive, massive, massive. Hopefully he's 80% of what he was. You have the defensive line is intact. CJ Mosley is going to be the starter. So what are they going to do? Replace Gerard Davis, another edge. 
and like a corner and a, and, a, and a safety. You know what I mean? Like you obviously you need at least one corner. Bryce Hall can start. And, and I'm happy with Michael Carter in the slot. Right. So you need one outside corner. You need another safety for sure on top of May. You need a tight end on the offense. <laughs> well, no, just defense for okay. now. And then, like, that's it. It's really only three or four spots that, that you are obvious to upgrade. Um, we always talk about, though, you need 22 guys to be a playoff team, right? It doesn't need to be 22 amazing superstars. You need 22 guys. And, yes, you can have 20. You can have one or two positions of not, like, a left tackle or a quarterback that maybe are below average, right? You can You can have that. So if we think Wilson, Wilson's plugged into being the guy through next year, 150%. So you yes. have that. You have Beckton and ABT, that's three. Yeah. You have Michael Carter, that's four. You have Elijah Moore, that's five. I don't Corey know. Davis. You can go Corey Davis, six. But again, his contract is weird where after like next year, I think they have such a good out. So it's it's after the next one. He's going to be on the team next year. It's so his me, third me, year that the Jets can cut him for okay. virtually nothing. So give me six on the offense. So you still are not 100% certain at center, guard, right tackle, tight end, and another receiver position potentially. So, okay, you have six right. on the offense. I think you have to say Quinnen, JFM, and Lawson are three on the defense. I don't think you can give it to Huff yet. I don't think you can give Foley, but he's, again, you don't know if he's going to be here. So that's yeah. nine. Linebacker, give Mosley, that's 10. No one else at linebacker. Corner, give Bryce Hall being the two corner, 11. And no then Michael Carter. I would go Michael Carter. Michael Carter two is twelve, so it yeah. means you have twelve. So you have your punt returner, kick returner done. If you've re-signed Barrios, you don't know if you have your kicker yet. Honestly, you don't know if you have your punter yet. And I like Braden Man, but he's not been great. He had a good game yesterday, even though he shanked one that ended up being a five, you know, inside the five yard line. So you have twelve guys next year that you're like these twelve guys are going to be the starters, and most of them are young enough that they can be five, six year guys. If you take out maybe Mosley or Davis that you don't know if they're going to be here five, six years from now. So somewhere along the way in free agency and with the picks in the draft, you can make that 12 become a 16, 17. And if you're in that range, you can be a wild card team. I'm not saying they can win the Super Bowl, but you can be a wild card team. If 18 of your players should be there and they're really good players, good, average, really good, and a few great. If you make Becton, if he, Becton, if you watch him, I know I'm going on a tangent, 38 minutes on YouTube later, Mike, watch the, the Baldy breakdown, 38 minutes of his rookie year. I for, you forget of how dominant. dominant. No, was. dude, I am so much higher on Beckton than most people because people forget he was like a shoe-in to become an all-pro player. And now people just like wiped it out of their minds. It'd be, it'd be, the narrative would be so much different if he didn't have these nagging injuries from last year. Like the leave the Bronco game early, leave this. But the Bronco game, he went in when he was hurt. But again, there's like, if he played 16 last year, and he had his moments in pass pro. He had his excellent moments in run blocking. And he got rolled up on this year. The narrative's different. Because he had a few injuries last year, that narrative changes. And his weight, whatever, a lot of people, I think, are making that the point of contention. But those same people in the offseason said, Rich Samini is an asshole for bringing up his weight. So I, I, you can't have it both ways. No, Samini's been good. He's just, people just hate him. But Becton, it's like, let people sleep on him. Let people forget because he was really supposed to be so great. People were like the Jets nailed that pick. Uh, and now, you know, you see on Twitter, people go back that like the 2020 draft is the worst thing ever. 
Not if Becton's an all-pro left tackle and you have Bryce Hall as a a starter in the fifth round as your safety. You know, it's not the worst draft of all time. It's not the worst draft of all time. Becton has to be good. But it's it's the bookend with in between those picks is of the what could have been. Because I mentioned we have 12 guys right now. If you locked in Mims or you locked in one of those other guys, that's 14 now instead of 12. And like that all changes. It's disappointing, but people quote that draft saying it's horrible with the intent that Becton is like already some kind of bust. Right. I think Becton's going to turn into a pro bowler. Right. Every time I tweet the graphic, I do cut out um, Becton and and Hall because I, I think those, that area of the day too is, is what really can affect this rebuild. Mike, anything else you want to hit on? I mean... I want to drink a beer. I want to eat a burger. I just want to, I, I kind of want to like detox. I feel gross. I took a shower yesterday for like two hours. I just felt gross after <laughs> that game. Like you got assaulted. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I was watching the highlights this morning and it's just like nauseating. There was, you know, Michael P. Ryan had like a 12 year run. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, the worst part about <laughs> the highlights, the worst part by far. Oh, God. Is, and you click play, it starts with the Saints having the ball. Yeah, they just never not have the ball. No, but like the Jets received to start the game. And even oh. when teams go, <laughs> even when teams go three and out, like the highlights usually have like a pass defended, or like you'll see a yeah. play from that drive. Like the Saints just had the football, and I'm like, we if there's 13 minutes on the clock, what happened? Did I miss it? Oh, wait, we went three and out and nothing happened. Uh, I don't know. Let's just focus. Hopefully, the last four games, we we have to see Zach Wilson play a little bit more consistent football. Just to have a base to go into next year. The one thing I did notice, I feel like Zach Wilson is is very uh, consciously trying to be slower and calmer while throwing short passes, which is good. It's good and bad. You know, we don't want him to get too in his head and too mechanical and clinky. But he also, it's nice that he's thinking about it and being calm. And still, some of these throws haven't really hit the mark, but I noticed it starting with in the Eagles game, especially the touchdown to Moore. Very calm, nice spiral on point. This game, a little bit more of that. Some throws were behind, some throws, the short throws weren't so great, but I want to see the last four games, Zach, just really like calmly go through the motions, go through his reads, and just have a little bit better statistical success than this this week. I think he could do it. I'm excited about Zach. I will say this. If you want to bring some parallels, I think everyone's kind of said this a little bit. Like Darnold, after his rookie year, has shown had shown more promise than what Zach Wilson has shown now. But that promise doesn't happen if Darnold doesn't finish the final four games of 2018 very strong. Yes. So Darnold's signature games before that, he played really well against the Colts. He played very well against the Broncos. And he played good against the Lions. So you have those signature games. Wilson has the Eagles game where he played very strong. He had the Titans game where he played very well. He had halves of earlier games where he played great. So yeah. if you use these four, you can springboard because no one at the, this time, and to be fair, to be fair, and I obviously we are Darnold supporters, nobody at that this time in 2018 said Darnold is a bust or he might not be the future of this team. A lot of a lot of people are saying that now with Wilson. And maybe those are the same people that really supported Darnold. I just disagree with it. You give him these final four games, and what if he goes two and two or one and three, 
two really great games, one okay game, and one game he didn't play great. You can use that momentum. And again, the only time I start getting really concerned is if midway through next year they're two and six and it's the same old shit. Yeah, well, I think a reason why people are people are just getting more impatient as time goes on because it just isn't getting better. So if maybe if Zach was drafted in 2018 and did and had these numbers at this point, people would be more receptive. But yeah, like you said, the last four games for Darnold in 2018 were spectacular. He was somewhere like top three in the league in passer rating, led a nice game-winning drive against the Bills, had a shootout with Deshaun Watson and then Aaron Rodgers. Um, so things are going to look a lot different in four weeks, and things change quickly in the NFL. So if Zach Wilson comes out and has a really good month, the Jets will have a lot more to build on and a lot more optimism going into the offseason. These are like huge, huge games. People don't realize. People, people are pissed that the Jets – Play like shit yesterday. They've had a horrible year, but they don't realize that, if, again, if the Jets go like two and two in the last four games and Wilson plays out of his mind, which is totally possible, the, the whole narrative is going to change. I agree. I agree. It's also the weird time of you. The best case for this team is you win by blowing teams out. Like you win by blowing teams out. And yes, because it's a young team, you want to win, even if it's an ugly win. But you can't have games where you get absolutely murdered in the final four. Like there are benefits of losing a game by five. You get a better draft pick. People made progress, but there's bigger benefits to winning and blowing teams out. You just can't have three of the next four games get absolutely murdered and then win an ugly game where you put yourself in the sixth pick of the draft. Like that is the biggest fear for me in the final four. It's time to win football games at all costs. There's no more... Look, we lose, whatever. You want to get a different pass rusher, this and that. They have to, have to change the culture. And they have to just win more football games. I do think week, week 17 or 18, we have to, to um, evaluate yeah, what we'll, happens throughout the league. We'll adjust it. If, you know, if, if we are the third pick and then the Thibodeau guy is supposed to go number two and we have a chance to lose and get that guy, Fine. I understand. I'm going to continue my bitch fest. Why can't there be another fucking quarterback who's a top five pick that someone's going to take? It's so frustrating. The Texans don't have a quarterback. This should be a perfect opportunity for them to take the best quarterback available. Do they? Maybe. I don't think they're going to as of today, and it's terrifying. It's very, very bad. So maybe the best thing for the the Jets is the Texans look horrible. Mills back there, and they have to take a quarterback because – it happened in 2019. We had the third pick of the draft. Nobody wanted to trade off because no one was the quarterback in that draft other than Kyler. Yeah. Same thing. 2017 also. The Jets had the sixth pick. No one wanted a quarterback. Deshaun Watson and fucking Mahomes went. But it wasn't like super, you know, interest for them. So more bad luck. But, uh, you know, the Jets made their own luck with the Jamal Adams trade. So they have the multiple picks and just got a hit on them. God, it's going to be sick, though. We're going to have two maniac guys in the draft. Like, yeah. two real monsters. And maybe that Carolina pick, you have another guy like Elijah Moore. You know, if the Jets keep hitting on these guys, at some point, things will turn around. But just we just got to focus. The last four weeks are so important for Zach Wilson. If he could finish the year somehow with more touchdowns and interceptions or a couple wins or a couple really good games, we'll be locked and loaded going into 2022 great way to end it mike i appreciate you we'll be back next week and hopefully some good news coming out of that miami game but very fun that's it all right